For me, the answer is, well, I love what I'm doing. That's why I want to do so much of it. And people always say, well, you're going to burn yourself out and you're going to get tired. And my response is, I haven't yet. And I don't think I will because this is my passion and it fuels me. This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, trying to help you find adventure every day in any stage of life. You're going to hear from explorers, adventurers, business owners, and anyone living their life a little more out of the box than usual. Today we get to hear from somebody kind of on the younger side when it comes to a lot of our guests. Um, Sam Channels is, is 21. He's got another year of school at Georgia Tech. Um, he's getting a degree in mechanical engineering. But the guy has an adventure resume that any one of us would be completely jealous of. Here, I'm just gonna read. I'm just gonna read some of the things he's done. He hails from uh, Miami Beach, Florida. Not well known for producing mountaineers. Sam is definitely an anomaly. He's done what's called the Colorado Crest Trail, which was a 40-day self-supported solo trip along a self-created cross-country route in Colorado. And if you've ever heard of the crazy difficult Nolan's 14 route, that was literally just a piece right in the middle of his entire 40-day adventure. He's done the John Muir Trail, Kilimanjaro, GR20 in France, the Hayduke Route, which is through Arches, Canyonlands, Grand Canyon National Park which includes a lot of off-trail navigation, the Ptarmigan Traverse in Washington, trips in New Zealand, trips all over the world, South America. This guy, man, anytime he has a chance, even a weekend from school, he flies somewhere to climb a mountain. In fact, as we're talking, you can hear in the background a car driving. He, he's literally driving from mountain to mountain up in the Pacific Northwest, climbing the, as many cascades as he can um, before having to go back to school. And he's literally talking to us hours after climbing Mount Hood and getting ready to climb Mount Adams. He's an expedition leader for his school, the vice president of the the backpacking portion of outdoor recreation in Georgia Tech. But yeah, it's just super inspiring. Very exciting to hear someone so young doing so many amazing things that would get any one of us something to talk about for the rest of our lives. (laughs) So I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you do too. Today's sponsors are Athletic Brewing, the makers of incredible non-alcoholic craft beer. Um, Sam is of drinking age, but if he wasn't, he could enjoy a non-alcoholic craft beer. <laughs> and also CS Instant Coffee. Uh, if, you, if you're wanting to do things like Sam's doing, but you need a good coffee to take with you to have you know, on top of a volcano or a mountain somewhere, you don't want to lug a French press with you, CS Instant has you covered. Discounts for both of those in the show notes. All right, here is the interview. Just did Mount Hood this morning, and we're headed to Mount Adams. Holy crap! Are you kidding me? That's awesome. Are you? What are, yeah, you, what are you doing? What, what's is this some sort of a challenge or something you're doing, or just trying to get as many mountains in as you can? Bagging. Okay. Uh, I've got about a month here in the Cascades, and so the plan is for me and my buddy to make our way up to Mount Rainier this weekend, and then I'm going to spend the next three weeks um, doing Shuxin, Baker, Rainier. I'd like to get in the Ptarmigan Traverse, so trying to take advantage of time. 
And why is that? What What do you have going on? Are you Are you still in school? Did I read that right? This is I... summer. This is summer break for yeah. me. And you're going into senior year. So that's the interesting thing at Georgia Tech. They don't really call it freshman, sophomore, junior, or senior. It's more first year, second year, third year, fourth year. And so I'm going into my fourth year. I'll be graduating in four and a half. However. Okay. Yeah. No worries. No worries. Well, you've been busy. Sounds like. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well. Um, how was Mount Hood this morning? It was amazing. There was not a cloud in the sky. Um, it was my buddy's first time and he loved it here. We just shut off the engine. So the audio just got a little bit better. Um, it was, it was so fun. Honestly, the, uh, are you familiar with the route? Uh, I'm not familiar with the route. I'm familiar with the area. Okay, so there's a little technical section at the top. It was really fun just getting to play around with uh, the scramble at the top. I, I honestly can't say anything better about the day. It's been really, it's been really fun. We're a little tired. We woke up at two a.m. this morning. But... Oh man! So what's the plan today? You get to the base of Adams and try to get up a little bit? No, we're just driving close to Adams. We're gonna start our climb tomorrow. Very cool. I'd love to hear kind of kind of your backstory. Where where did you grow up? Because I saw on your adventure resume it says it has a Miami a Miami uh, address. Yes. So I am born and raised in Miami Beach, Florida, one mile from the beach, which always makes people laugh when they hear about my mountain pursuits, because Miami no mountains there. But from a young age. My parents always put an emphasis on travel and exploring the world, seeing different cultures, but more than that, the outdoors. So all of our family vacations were revolved around some type of outdoor recreation. And it was normally hiking of some degree, day hiking and um, not the level that I'm doing right now. But I think that's just what fueled my interest and passion for it even more, because I always wanted that next tier we went for the four mile hike and i wanted to do the eight mile hike but i had a younger brother and my mom and that just never worked out so all of this all of my adventure really took off the summer before my freshman year of college when i went on georgia tech's tech treks program which is an extended orientation adventure program um, through the outdoor recreation department where I got to go on a week-long backpacking trip to Denali Park in Alaska. And the analogy that I like to give is I felt like I had, I was a wild horse that had been let free on the open range to just run without anything stopping me. It was liberating. I can imagine. Yeah. To get to do exactly what I wanted. I wanted hardcore, top tier backpacking in some of the most pristine wilderness in America. And that's what I had from, from then on, it just took off. Once I got on campus, I got very involved with the outdoor recreation program. I am now the student president. I've led that same trip that I've been on three years in a row. So come full circle. But then I also put an emphasis on empowering myself to do these things on my own. Right. And how how so? Well, I so like I said, I got involved with the outdoor recreation department and I was accepted into their freshman leadership program. 
And throughout that leadership program, we were taught different principles about expedition planning and how to manage a budget, but also how to manage a group in the backcountry. I began to become a backpacking instructor for the program. I got trained in wilderness first aid, and I'm now a wilderness first responder. And so I began to elevate myself to a level where I could go out on my own and pursue adventure because I knew that's what I wanted. And so the summer after my freshman year, so just one year removed from that first real liberating experience, I went and through hiked the John Muir Trail with my father in 2017, which was one of the largest snow years California has ever seen, even comparable to this year. And that was the adventure of a lifetime, but one that was really special because I got to share it with my father. But again, just further elevating the level that I was performing at. And so after, and since I was in school, there were pockets of time that I really could take advantage of, summer and breaks specifically. So that was my first big trip. And then I went and led an expedition to New Zealand through the outdoor recreation program over the next winter break. And then the summer after my sophomore year, I climbed Kilimanjaro with my father in Tanzania And then I went on a 40-day solo hike on a self-created route, cross-country, so not on trails, through Colorado that I titled the Colorado Crest that you can read more about on my website. Um, And then I also led the same Alaska Tech Trek orientation program, and I led an expedition through the outdoor recreation program to hike the GR20 trail in Corsica, France. And the next winter break... This past winter break, um, this past December, I went down to Ecuador with friends of mine and took them mountaineering on some of the highest volcanoes in the world, the Cotopaxi, Cayambe, Chimborazo. It's just been kind of a series of opportunities for me to explore an adventure. And I find that it's not just leisure. It's really furthering my abilities in all aspects of my life when I go out on these adventures because I'm having to manage a budget. I'm having to create contingency plans and emergency procedures. What happens if I get injured in this place? What kind of resources are available? I'm having to call hospitals. I'm having to go through spreadsheets and analyze trail data. How many miles I'm going to do? How much feet of elevation gain I'm going to accomplish and set out to do? And it's a lot of analytic that then translates to school but translates to the real world. And so that's one of the most, I'd say, long-lasting impacts of the adventure that I have pursued is, is how it improves me, not just as an adventurer and gives me a lot of experiences to talk about and share, but also just makes me a more effective person. Absolutely. So what are you, uh, you know, you're going to school that you said Georgia Tech. Um, is there is there a culture of that there? Do you, do you find another enough you know kindred spirits to to find a good group of friends are you kind of a low the the, the lone man doing all these crazy adventures <laughs> i wouldn't say i'm a lone person the outdoor recreation program has become my family like i said i'm the student president currently i spend so much of my time there and there are so many like-minded individuals at the outdoor recreation program that help me become a better person that I can kind of geek out with and collaborate with. A lot of the people I go on trips with are from the outdoor recreation program. I would say that 
I do things at a different level than most people at the outdoor recreation program. And I'm not saying most that people in general. Yeah. Even, even outdoorsy people. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to say that to boast. I'm just trying to be honest in terms of the scope of what I am doing. And I've been blessed to have support from parents recently from sponsors that has allowed me to pursue what I do at a different level. You know, that's, that's a great time of life to get started in college. Um, when you first, you're, 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 you're coming into who you're going to be and these experience experiences can be so, so, uh, uh, molding of who you are. And so you know, tell me again, it was that freshman year getting involved. Who was organizing that big trip to Den- Denali? It must've been someone like you that was in charge at that time. Cause that, that sounds like a daunting logistical thing to figure out, especially for people who like you hadn't had any experience at that point with something so big. Right. So that tech track program is a collaboration between professional staff at the outdoor recreation program and students like myself, like I said, for the last three years, I've led that same trip. And so that year, it was the creation of the, at, at the time, expedition coordinator, Matthew Marcus, and students, just like myself, who went out and took incoming freshmen on this amazing adventure. Unbelievable. And now tell us, what was it about, about it changed you to say, yeah, I, I want to pursue this with every free opportunity of time that I have. I think it really was seeing the people behind the experience and getting to know the student leaders that were out there with me. It wasn't like they had hot. It wasn't like the outdoor recreation program had contracted out to some professional guiding service. And it was some 40-year-old seasoned veteran who was just kind of doing run-of-the-mill for them. It was a 20-year-old, second-year, third-year Georgia Tech student who is not very far removed from me in life terms, but had so much more experience than I had at the time as a recently graduated high school student. And to see them two years older, three years older, however much older they were, but being so enriched with life, with experience, with knowledge, made me think that I could be them, that this is what Georgia Tech and specifically outdoor recreation at Georgia Tech can do for me. And I want to be that. And that's, I think, what changed me the most was seeing one of my peers in a position that I envisioned for myself in the future. That's awesome. And, and now you're pursuing a degree in engineering uh, from Georgia Tech. Can you tell us more about what, why you're doing that and what, how, how these two worlds overlap for you. I know you yeah. mentioned some about logistical preparedness, grit, of course, and, and you know resilience. That's helpful anywhere in life. But anything specific that you see or a path that you see beginning to unfold? The reason I chose engineering is not necessarily for the M in ME, what we call mechanical engineering, ME. It's for the E. It's the problem solving, the engineering. I like solving problems. I've always liked solving problems. And 
one of the biggest things like we talked about already in outdoor adventure is problem solving. Absolutely. Dealing with the unexpected, with the unforeseen circumstance, with the chaos of the backcountry, of when you are scarce on resource, on ability, uh, not on ability, when you're scarce on material, but you are plentiful in how you can think and reason and make do with what you have. And I think that's where the two worlds of adventure and engineering have really met. Where I think they will go in the future is kind of the greatest mystery that I keep getting asked over and over and over again. And my answer is not a great one, which is I don't really know. I would love to find a way to marry my two passions of engineering, of problem solving with outdoor adventure, whether it was working for a company like um, Cascade Designs on MSR stoves or Thermarest sleeping pads or working for a clothing company or helping design the next mountaineering tent or whatever it may be, working logistics for some company in expedition planning. I don't know. And that's kind of what I've tried to do with my website, with my social media platform is just kind of show what I can do. Just put it out there, share my knowledge, share my experience, show what I'm doing to the world with hopes of further down the line at some point, there being some clarification as to where that path may begin to lead. You know, if you, if you're fresh out of college and someone scrolls through this website to see some of the things that you've done, particularly the Colorado Crest strikes me. I'm looking through your some of your other trips. That just strikes me as a very interesting, very in, kind of an outlier because of how much, uh, I don't know, how much planning it takes when you build something that isn't, doesn't have a guidebook for it yet, and that thousands of people aren't doing that specific route or that specific uh uh, grouping of trails and of you know i know i've noticed nolan's 14 is just a part of that colorado crest experience right and when you know an, an employer a company when they're looking at something like that that's got to be appealing to say wow this guy this kid can just create something out of nothing and make it happen hmm. and then it has all these you know tools on his website that i can research and do do it myself now um it's pretty incredible ability and you know i know you can agree more than anybody you know doing an adventure is so much more than the adventure itself that planning aspect of it that engineering and that problem side solving side of it is just that's an adventure in itself that most people just don't realize looking from the outside in i always i always like to talk about how planning is only good for the sake of planning itself. And that I like to think of planning of the spreadsheets that I make before the trip, of all the analysis as empowering me to make the audible when I get out into the field and when I actually have a sense of what actually is real. Because you can look at a map, a topo map, a nautical map, whatever map you want. And you can say, I'm going to go from A to B and I'm going to do five miles a day, and I'm going to get to camp at 5 p.m., and I'm going to eat this meal, and it's going to have this many calories, and you can plan it down to a T. But when you get out there, and it's blowing 100 miles an hour, or there's three inches of rain, or I'm, I'm using extremes, but when nature has its way, it's all about your ability 
to adapt and can and choose whether you want to make something out of a situation because success can be completion it can be you getting to the end of what you thought you were going to do and getting to that mountaintop and saying i made it or it can be adaptation it can be you changing what your plans were or it can be deletion it can be you saying wow it's really not safe for me to go up onto this mountain right now and i'd like to preserve my life over this summit and so for me, success will be getting back down to my car alive. Do you have any stories when something like that went wrong, either by yourself or with a group? Last week. <laughs> last week, I was down in Ecuador on Chimborazo, which is 20,560 feet. It's a glaciated stratovolcano. And it was my third attempt at the mountain. So I had not successfully summited it yet. For a variety of reasons. The first time I went, there was significant avalanche concern, and so we didn't even ascend. And the second time, I had an issue with a partner of mine who was feeling altitude sickness. So this is my third attempt. And we had left camp at 1 a.m. and started ascending up to the ridge, which then led to the glacier. And from the glacier, it was about four hours to the summit. And we had left in calm beautiful starry sky. And when we got to the ridge, my partner and I were nearly knocked down by wind. Had to be at least 45, 50 miles an hour. And I'm not joking. Jeez. And we looked at one another and we said, I can't even stand. It's not smart to go up right now. And having been on that mountain twice before to no avail, I knew what the right decision was. But I will admit for a split second, there was the thought in my mind of, oh, come on, Sam, it's your third try. Just like work through it, you know, push through the wind. But that very quickly faded to, no, this success will be a deletion. And you could even say it's an adaptation, not a deletion. But I don't necessarily correlate deletion with anything negative. This success is a deletion of, I need to get back to my tent fast because my tent is at least shelter. And then once I get to my tent, I need to figure out how I'm going to get off this mountain. And when we got back to our tent, the tent was whipping in the wind. And I remember getting into my sleeping bag and I could feel the sides of the tent flapping in the wind onto my face. They were, the wind was so strong that it was bending and warping the tent onto me laying flat on the ground. And that experience just solidified what I knew from wisdom from my mom and my grandma and my father of things may not always happen the way that you think they will, the way that you want them to, but you ultimately write the narrative of what you walk away with. And I walked away feeling very content that I was uninjured, that I was safe and sound, and later that week, I returned to Chimborazo and successfully summited it. So there was a success. It was delayed. And I did not know that it would, would come. But because of that realization that there's different types of successes, I was able to achieve my goal, ultimately. 
So we want to thank our sponsor, Athletic Brewing, for promoting a healthy lifestyle through making some of the world's best non-alcoholic craft beer. They make excellent tasting NA for healthy, active, modern adults. They use certified all-organic grains, and each can of non-alcoholic beer is only between 50 and 70 calories. They have IPA, golden ale, stouts, and tons of seasonal offerings. And recently, they actually just took home the gold medal at the U.S. Open Beer Championships for their Double Hop IPA. If you would like to get your hands on some, you can save 15% by using the code ADVENTURE at athleticbrewing.com. Athletic Brewing, the best tasting way to keep your promises. And I also want to thank our sponsor, CS Instant Coffee, for making this show happen. They make 100% Arabica Instant Coffee. They use compostable packaging, and each package makes about 20 ounces of coffee. So I'll take one of those with me on an overnight trip, and it makes two pretty good-sized cups of coffee. And it's an awesome feeling knowing I can just throw that in my backpack, find some hot water, and I'm good to go. Save 20% by using the code ADVENTURE at csinstant.coffee. And that and that ability to, you know, know when to turn around is what's going to keep you doing this for years to come, you know? <laughs> it's a, it's about the long game in mountaineering. Absolutely. It's about the long game. Absolutely. And now, you know, you know, you, you tell these stories, um, you are still relatively young. I'm sure people tell you this all the time. Um, and just a few years out from probably your parents' uh, full-time uh, care, uh, you know, in their minds, this is just now happening to you, all these experiences. What, what, what has there been their response with, because uh, I, you know, I will <laughs> say, I'm sure you hear, it, it, you've done a lot in the last three and four years. I'm sure to a parent, it's totally mind-blowing. So how, how, is, how have they been for you? They are unbelievably supportive, and I can't express that enough, but <laughs> I will say this, and I say this in a loving way, they're humbling. They remind me that I'm 21. And I've only been doing this for a handful of years and that I need to consider the long game, that I need to consider experience, that I need to consider longevity and that I need to know that it's not a race. I don't need to fill every waking second with adventure, even though I often do. They're humbling and I don't say it enough, but I appreciate it from them, even if I resist. And even if I don't agree with them, and even if I do something contrary to what they're telling me in humbling me, I appreciate it because in humbling me, they're looking out for my best interest. Wow. So uh, are are they still in Miami? Yes, they are. It's just two different worlds, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I bet it's just a trip because I'm from Florida, too. Um, Oh, Nice. And I started doing all my adventures, probably your age, around 20. And uh, I just remember coming home after an experience like that and just being so blown away by how separated those two worlds were. Because when you, you go home, especially somewhere like Florida, a lot of people retired or, or, or just kind of hanging out there their whole life. They haven't even heard of the places you just came from, much less yeah. be able to visualize it, much less have any understanding of what you just did. I'm sure... I'm sure you experience that a lot when you go visit. I've gotten a lot of, why are you doing that? Why are you sleeping on the ground? Why are you getting <laughs> dirty? Why are you going somewhere it's cold? I've gotten a lot of that. That's hilarious, man. Yeah, especially 
Miami is not known for its outdoor community for sure. But there, you know, this show has proven to me there is one because we've interviewed quite a few people from that area. Oh yeah, climbers and and hikers and and through plenty of through hikers and climbers and uh, I just said that mountaineers. So tell us how difficult is this to to balance between school because you know an engineering degree is not like a it's not something you can just ignore. <laughs> it takes a lot of work. To, to master the schoolwork, master the stuff, to, to do well on exams, and to be able to prepare for these trips, man. Those are two overly full-time jobs. How do you do it? It's about prioritization. I need to, if I'm going to go on a trip, let's say I'm going to go on a trip over spring break or fall break. I've even gone on trips over weekends where I go and fly to California and come back and have a class on Tuesday. Dang. I need to prioritize my time. So Thursday night before that trip, I'm not going to be able to just go out with friends and watch TV or sit around. I'm going to have to find time to go to the gym and stay fit. Or I'm going to have to find time to call rangers. Or I'm going to have to find time to pack. It's all about prioritization. And when you enjoy it, it doesn't become a burden. So for me, it's not this, oh, I need to do my homework just because I have to. It's, I need to call rangers because I want to go out and have an unbelievable experience and I don't want to go out unprepared. So it's hard to realize that, that some things come before others, but everybody's got their own prioritization matrix, I like to say. Some people may be more conscious of it than others, but... And explain that, what that what that is? It's It's just the idea that you have a limited amount of time and you're going to fill it with a mix of obligations and desires. And there will be times when those obligations come before desires. There will be a lot of times when the desires become before the obligations. And for me, I rank preparing for my outdoor adventure very highly in my prioritization matrix. It falls as a very important way that I spend my time. And so if I do have time to go through my spreadsheets or research a certain route or call rangers, I will do that over watching TV or sometimes doing homework or, and, and not, <laughs> I get my work done clearly, but basically what I'm saying is that I prioritize preparing myself for these adventures highly enough that I make it work. Do you do you see anything that you are not able to prioritize that maybe should be right now? Like, you know, I'm aware of it, I admit it, but I just can't do it right now. Um I definitely at times fall behind on certain parts of some relationships I have with friends because if you want to have a connection with somebody, you need to spend time with them. And so there's times when my friends go out for a night and they go, go have dinner and then chat for three hours. And I may choose to just have the leftovers that are in the fridge so that I can get on my computer and work through the spreadsheets that I need to work through. And for a while, I fell behind on my website, which I... Recently, I put a lot of effort into, but fell to the wayside when I was actually going on trips. 
because I didn't want to document stuff that I hadn't done yet. And so once I had done the trips, I wanted to document it. I wanted to share them. And so I then decided I needed to spend time working on the website. And there was a whole few weeks where I was giving the website a facelift and I was putting up content. And so there's times here and there when certain things will dip in their importance. And there's other times when they will ascend that list and become more important. Man, that is just so much to handle. What what do your professors and classmates say about you? <laughs> um, I think my classmates expect it at this point. <laughs> they the small talk that I get is not, "Hey, did you watch Game of Thrones last week?" It's more of, "Hey, what's your next big trip?" Or, "Hey, where'd you go last weekend?" Or, "Hey, I saw your photos, they looked awesome." Professors Georgia Tech's a big enough school that I don't know professors know enough. Maybe I'm being a little bit oblivious, but I haven't, to my knowledge or recollection, gotten any comments from professors saying on my on any of my papers saying, "Hey, I heard about your trip. Looked awesome." I do remember one time I walked into a class after I had gone on a mountaineering trip and I had gotten a pretty bad goggle tan, and a professor cracked a joke. And I responded with the reason for it, and he kind of uh, bit his tongue after that. Yeah, he was he wasn't <laughs> ready for it. Wasn't I was standing there at the football game all weekend in the hot sun? Right. I was, I was on top of this mountain you've never heard of. <laughs> exactly. It was a little a little bit different than what he was expecting. Oh man, that is too funny. And now I look through your adventure resume, and I see a lot of. Uh, I see a lot of just different types of things. Obviously, you know, a lot of mountaineering, um, but I see the John Muir Trail, California, obviously the Colorado Crest here, uh, stuff in Africa, France, um, stuff in the desert, New Zealand, you know, w- with the vast amount of things there are to do and, and you know, popular world-class routes, um, world, uh, world-class routes that aren't even popular yet because you're just building them. How do you choose what you're going to do with the time that you have? How do you get to that point? Because it seems like time's a restriction, but you also do these things that, I don't know, are a little bit off the beaten path, in my opinion. I read a lot from different adventurers, and so one of my great friends is Andrew Skirka, and so he's given me some inspiration for different trips I've done. So part of it is just kind of reading up on what people are doing in the adventure sphere. But another part of it is almost living the adventure before you go on it. So I'll give an example. Let's say I read about a pack rafting trip through New Zealand on someone's blog. And my initial reaction is, wow, that sounds really cool. The process for me then will be, First, okay, how does that align with the school calendar? Well, New Zealand's in the Southern Hemisphere, so December. Okay, well, what's what next winter break look like? Oh, it's free. Okay, so I have the time. I have the availability. Now let me live the adventure through a visualization and see if I even want to think about making it work. And then I'll go about reading their trip report. I'll go about looking at photos. 
I'll start to extrapolate a little bit and bring in some of my own experiences. And if I can visualize in very delicate and clear detail what that adventure will be like, and from that visualization have a pretty powerful experience, then I'll go about looking at, huh, okay, let me start looking at flights. Huh, okay, let me start looking at what gear I have. Do I need to buy anything? Am I breaking the bank to make this happen? Are there permits required? Am I within the time window to apply to those permits? And it just keeps going from there. And that's a big way of how I've gone about choosing the adventures I have. Because they are various. They're all, all around the world. They are of different sports, backpacking, mountaineering. But it's really through that visualization that I go about choosing whether I want to do something. So it kind of grows organically um, based on all your research and what maybe maybe works out logistically the best. Um, that's interesting, man. And that's, I, I really, I really think that's uh, a, a good way to approach it. Cause you never know where that's going to take. You never know what you're going to read on a blog or what trip you, report you see and what it might lead you to next. Um, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and so what is on the horizon for you? I know right now you're literally in the middle of an adventure today, um, what yes. is this trip and, and what, and what does the future hold? So this trip right now is a tour across the cascade volcanoes of the Pacific Northwest. So I'm with a friend and this morning we climb Mount Hood and the plan is tomorrow to go climb Mount Adams this weekend to climb Mount Rainier next week to climb Mount Baker, Mount Shuxon. And then the week after that to attempt the Ptarmigan Traverse and then I'll go on to Alaska to lead that introductory freshman orientation program I've mentioned. I will go home to Miami for a week because I have a family and I love them dearly and I need to spend time with them. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, I will fly back out to California to attempt the Sierra High Route with a friend, which parallels the John Muir but is completely off trail. And then I'll go back to school. And then the big adventure awaiting me in the future is a self-organized, self-supported, sponsored expedition to climb Aconcagua in, in South America, which is the tallest peak in South America at over 22,841 feet. And myself and two dear friends of mine will attempt to summit it via the False Polish Traverse and over the course of about 15 days will be high-altitude trekking and mountaineering, hopefully to the top of South America. And now, when would that be? That is December of this year. Holy cow, man, what a year. And between all that, you have a semester of school, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that is nuts. So, let me ask you this. Um, that's a crazy summer, and obviously you're trying to take advantage of every, every minute of it. Um, good for you what what is the most difficult part about balancing all this and what do you what do you dislike the most about trying to balance all this i would say the most difficult part and i'll be 100% honest with you the most difficult part of all of this isn't the physical toll it's mentally answering the question of others of why are you going so fast? Why don't you slow down? Why don't you spend less time in the mountains and 
spend some more time idle. I get that a lot. And for me, the answer is, well, I love what I'm doing. That's why I want to do so much of it because I love it. And people always say, well, you're going to burn yourself out and you're going to get tired. And my response is, I haven't yet. And I don't think I will because this is my passion and it fuels me. It drives me. So I think that's the hardest part is the disconnect between people who don't understand what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and me explaining it with a reason of because I love it and that not seeming good enough. That's kind of rare, man. You know, it's uh, there's not a lot of people that want to do that at that level for this long. And here's the thing. I kind of had a similar, not, not nearly to the degree, but you know, I was pretty busy in college with adventures, self, self uh, funded, self planned stuff. And it was kind of just all out for a year, for a few years there. And, uh, at some point, you know, I did kind of just started wanting to slow down for a little while and it, and it, but it was natural. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't mm-hmm. like you said, you love it. You're enjoying it. Why you have the opportunity continue. Why would you not? Um, right. It, at some point, if you're out there on a peak and say, you know, I'm kind of tired. <laughs> well, then don't do it anymore or don't do it exactly. as much. But let exactly. yourself feel those feelings and get to that point. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know why people are telling you that so much because I don't make any sense to me either. Um, mm. But I will say, you know, it, it, maybe maybe people just wish they had that opportunity too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Man, so... uh yeah. So, all right. So are you finishing school in December? You said? No, I'll, I'll be at Georgia tech until December of next year. Okay. Okay. Now, is it hard for you to come back and spend so much time, you know, pounding the books and maybe in the library in your room, uh, at a place that isn't so, uh, that isn't the places that you go for these adventures? No, because of the place I found at outdoor recreation, Georgia tech. I am able to lead trips on the weekends to the Southeast, to the Smoky Mountains. I'm able to continue my passion at school, and it doesn't feel burdensome. Amazing, man. I, I know you probably get this a lot. Um, does job prospects worry you at all right now, or are you solely focused on completing these adventures? Um, no, it does worry me a little bit, and... It worries me mostly because I want to, like I said, find something that marries the two. Yeah, yeah. And everything I've at least looked for has some trade-offs. Whether it's a consulting job that has the trade-off of you're going to be working 9 to 5, Monday through Friday in Ohio. Um, or you're going to be working a mechanical engineering job in Alabama. Um, it does worry me. I will admit that. And it's a stress because I go back to school and my parents are paying for my education. God bless them. And I feel this conflict at times of I'm going to school for an engineering degree. I need to pursue an engineering career. But at the same time, I'm going on all these high level adventures and I read the stories of people like Jimmy Chin and Alex Honnold and Yvonne Chouinard and all these people who have found a way to make their passion, their life, and their livelihood. 
in unconventional ways. And it seems so tempting, but you listen to their stories and there's always them recollecting how uncertain it was and how unpopular the decision was with their parents. And there's a lot of conflicting narratives. And it's not easy to make my way through it at times. Yeah, man. You know, it, it isn't easy. Um, I'm sure a lot of your trips haven't been easy. <laughs> <laughs> and it, there's a lot you learn pursuing it. I'll say I'm someone who has pursued it. And uh, yeah, you've learned a lot. And it doesn't always go that great. It's super stressful. It has been uncertain. Um, but do I regret it at all? No. Because at some point, my little boy is going to look at me and say, Dad, I want to do this. And I want to say, son, it didn't work out for me. But it was awesome. And I want you to try yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, you know, it, you know, it ain't certain. But I don't think you'll ever get to a point in your life you'll ever look back and say, I wish I wouldn't have done all those trips. Mm-hmm. Or I wish I, you know, I, I, I wish I wouldn't have tried to pursue this. Um, don't, and don't listen to my advice. You know, you could look at my life and say, yeah, that's not the way you want to go. Uh, just like you could look at Jimmy Chin or Alex Hanna, like you said, there's things you could pick apart about their life right now that a lot of people would say it's still uncertain, you know, fame doesn't last yeah. that long, you know, maybe five years at the most is your peak of fame. Um, maybe you can carve a living out of it. I know you mentioned Andrew Skirka. He was on the show a couple months ago and, uh, great episode. We talked about his career and building his career and uh, he's an excellent resource for this because he's, he has been successful, um, but not in the way, not in that super, super, super stardom way. He's he's found a way to create a very good living and to build on it and to enjoy it immensely, you know? Yeah. And maybe it's a balance between the two things, you know? Maybe it's not uh, 100% doing adventures or 100% engineering in some, you know, place in Alabama that you don't want to be. Maybe it's a balance between the two, a half and half, because having one whole thing and not the other can be difficult at times. And sorry, I'm I don't mean to give you advice, but no, 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 you're totally right. So, so you mentioned those two other those the, you know getting a job in Ohio and Alabama. Does does that scare you in the sense of like if I take those, I might have to significantly give up this other side of what I do? Yes, uh. I will say that without a doubt. Yes. Do you see anybody? Do you know anybody who 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 has figured it out or is balancing it well? I mean, there's stories. Like I said, there's stories of people like Jimmy Chen, Andrew Skirk is an example. Um, I, there's another person that I know personally, Colin O'Brady, who's turned some horrendous life accidents into amazing miracles and is such a inspirational person as well so there are people that i can look to as role models it's sometimes hard though to convert a role model into your own life action plan yeah like a how-to plan (laughs) right exactly it's not it doesn't exist until you create your own life and i think that's the most important thing man is like you're, you're gonna grab tons of inspiration nuggets of wisdom uh, quotes, you know, uh, uh, principles and, and advice. But, you know, Sam Channel's path is its the only one that exists. And right. what it's going to look like 
down the road, who knows? But I tell you what, these trips you're doing, man, that's it's not going to be bad things that it leads to. That's the that's the plan. You mentioned uh, your your adventure, Aconcagua, in uh, in December. Anything? Because that's only you know like six months away. I'm sure you have other things <laughs> racking around in your brain too. I've got some things for next summer that are racking around my brain. The difficult part is, this is going to sound funny, but the conversation that that comes with the parents of, well, I thought you were going to pursue an internship. So I can only think so far ahead because of the structure that being a student gives. And it makes things easier in some sense of I can work around. I know I have a week in March. I know I have a week in, uh, I now have a few weeks in December. I now have a few weeks in uh, October and and then there's the summer. And so the summers are really the, the complicated ones of do I go all in like I've gone all in the last two summers and, and plan adventures back to back to back to back to back. Or do I try to pursue professional career development in an engineering firm and have to go through the traditional career fair, job application, all of that? Unfortunately, I don't really know past Aconcagua what the next big experience may be. You've learned through all this that not knowing what's around the next corner is not is not a bad thing, you know? Yeah. Like... You you didn't know. Just like you said, you see a topography map. You you create this visual image of what you think it's going to be. And then being there is completely different. And honestly, completely better. That map could never compare to physically being there. Yes. But if you didn't have that map, you would never be standing right there. <laughs> so it's kind of like a, you know, you need both. Um, I tell you what, I wouldn't worry about it too much if I were you. Sure. Something's gonna pop up. You're resilient. You've got. You're resourceful. Obviously, good gracious. I'm looking at your. I'm looking at your trip reports, and you've got so much information. Like the lessons you've learned, like risk management, the route itself. It's like so many resources. You could obviously uh, have incredible skills, incredible abilities. Um, I think for sure you can find a way. Find a way to marry the two, and it's gonna be a cool. It's gonna be a beautiful thing when you do. I appreciate it. So, so how can people follow you? Obviously, you know, you're on Instagram. You've got you, everything you're doing super visual. So I want people to see this. Um, how can yes. people follow you? So go on Instagram, engineered for adventure on Instagram. I post, I'm posting regularly over the summer, trail updates, summit pictures, selfies, Instagram stories. But you can also go and follow my blog on www.engineeredforadventure.com and whenever I put out a post you'll it'll come into your inbox I promise I won't flood your inbox check out the website there's a lot of information like you mentioned maybe it can help you plan your next adventure engineered for adventure it sounds like you're already putting the two together <laughs> <I'm> trying <laughs> that's awesome love the logo I love what you're doing and uh yeah, man. I hope I'm not holding you guys up for getting up to uh, where you're going to stay tonight before getting Adams. Not at all. <laughs> well, Sam, man, I really appreciate you being on and, and uh, talking about this and, and um, 
being open, you know, that's one thing we like on this show is like, hey, what are you afraid of? What, you know, what's something you're proud of? Um, what keeps you up at night? Because, you know, pe- people think people like you are just these uh, unpenetrable forces of, of, of athleticism and, and, and grit to make it to the tops of these mountains. Little did they know you're human, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Sam, thank you so much for being on, man. And I, I'm looking forward to following you from now on. Thank you so much for letting me tell just a little bit of my story. Yeah, man. We'll have you on again. I mean, we could have probably have a story on every trip you've done. So let's talk again soon. Sure. I'll tell it as many times as you'd like. All right. We'll have a good one. You Stay too. Safe. All right. See ya. Bye. Bye. Well, first of all, thank you so much for listening to this episode. It really means the world to us that you want to spend your time with us. If you'd like to help us further, please just leave us a review on iTunes, share us on social media, tell your friends about us. You can become a patron, a supporter of the show for $5 a month at patreon.com slash adventuresportspodcast. And if you know somebody that would make a good guest, reach out. We're always looking for good adventure and outdoor stories. And lastly, thank you to our sponsors whose messages follow right now. Athletic Brewing makes the best non-alcoholic craft beer. Go to their website at athleticbrewing.com and use the code in our show notes to save 15% on your first order. After all this adventure talk, if you're needing some gear yourself, but you need some advice before buying, go to backpacktribe.com where you can ask questions to the owners who have experience with all the gear as well as all of it for sale right there on their website. 